Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn, and you are listening to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations. Have you ever gotten to a place in life where you find yourself asking, what now? That's right, what now? Circumstances and situations have happened. You feel as if you've been hit from the left and the right. You feel as if nothing that you do ends up working out the way that you desire for it to work out. And you just don't know what you need to do right now. The reality is we've all been there. And sometimes we've been there without the tools, techniques, and strategies to help us make effective decisions to produce the future that we desire. You don't have to do this alone anymore. I invite you to listen to my podcast. That's right. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. And I host the What Now podcast. And the What Now podcast is simply conversations that teach us how to effectively face life's most difficult moments. That's right, life's most difficult moments. So if you're interested in hearing the podcast, I encourage you to visit my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Again, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. There, there's a tab for the podcast, and you can pick your favorite platform. We're available on multiple platforms, so you can pick your favorite platform, Pick the platform, subscribe to the podcast, listen, 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 comment, 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 and share, 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 all right? So I encourage you again, make sure that you are listening to the What Now Podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn, and you are listening to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us tonight. If this is your first time joining us, thank you. I appreciate you. If you have been joining us, thank you, and I appreciate you as well. 
I'm telling you guys, if you're used to the show, if you're not used to the show, we are in for a treat on tonight. I'm going to get all the preliminaries out of the way so that we can turn this man loose, like, you know, talking like we at church, y'all. But we can turn him loose so that he can share with us some things that will help us experience greater transformation in areas of our lives. Now, some of you might feel, I've already experienced transformation in my life. That may be true, but in every area of our lives, we all could use a little more transformation. All right, so listen, here's how this show works. We want each and every one of you involved in the conversation. That means we want you to call in with your questions, call in with your comments. We want you to call in. Now, here's how it goes, though. My guest and myself may have different backgrounds and belief systems that you may have. That's okay. We can all learn to agree to disagree. We just want to make sure we do it in a respectful manner. Therefore, if you do call in, we do ask that you remain respectful, because if you don't remain respectful, I am going to have to hang up on you. But I already know we're not going to have that tonight because we have a great crowd on tonight. So here's the call-in number, 516 387 one seven five six again five one six three eight seven one seven five six so now without further ado help me welcome to the show mr elliot carlisle elliot how are how you, you tonight, doing sir? i'm great how about I'm, yourself man awesome man awesome i'm great as well i want to thank you for joining us on tonight and i want to thank you for your willingness to share with our listening audience. Oh, man, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure. You know, uh, you and I have uh, years of relationship, and I want to say thank you mm-hmm. for allowing me, you know, to be on your platform. I don't take these opportunities lightly, and so um, I have to thank you, and it is a pleasure um, to be here. Awesome, man. Awesome. And some of you that are listening, you already know I told you that I've never had a conversation with Elliot and not left, like, feeling as if I could leap over walls, run through trees, run through walls. <laughs> I've never had a conversation where I left feeling drained or emptied. I always felt empowered and encouraged to go a little farther. So that's why I know tonight you're going to be encouraged. You're going to be pushed. Some of it might not, make, might not sound the way that you desire for it to sound, but I'm telling you, it's going to work for your good. So, Elliot, we like to start with a light question just to break the ice a little bit. I use the same question for everybody, and here that question is. If you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? Oh, my gosh, to be in, in multiple places at one time. Um, it it would just be such an, an easy, uh, it would make my life so much easier. And then also it would uh, help me with the um, the plight that I often have because I double book myself and triple book myself so much. <laughs> uh, so if I could do that, it would just help me so much. <laughs> I definitely understand that. that. That's definitely a good one. I understand that one. Now, here's what we do. We play a game of word, of word association. As I told you, even off the air, I'm going to give you a word. You can either say the first thing that comes to your mind. You can break that word down, what that word means to you from your personal life experience. You can sing a song related to it, however you want 
to interpret this word or however you want to express the interpretation of this word to you. All right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here we go. The first word is life. Life. The first word is life. Uh, The word that comes to my mind is journey. Okay, we're going to come back to that. Okay, the next word is love, love. Power. Awesome, okay. The next word is fashion. Oh, <laughs> technology. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's go back to love because you hit something there. I want to get that. We got. I can't let that one go. Power. Okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, you got to talk to us about that there. You know, because love, uh, you know, the Bible tells us, of course, that the greatest gift is love. Um, And just for me in my life, uh, I think, you know, when I look back on things that I've been through, um, the only thing that has really kept me going in life is understanding and knowing the power of love um, and that not just knowing it uh, as some feeling or, um, you know, some, some um, uh, uh, intimate, you know, experience that I had, you know, uh, that, that made me feel good or some, some word of adoration or accolade that someone bestowed upon me, but actually understanding that, uh, I am here, I am in existence to this day, and I survived the things that I uh, survived and I've overcome the things that I've overcome because, first, God loves me, um, but also understanding that the people that he's put in my life, and many times when you hear me talk, I often talk about uh, the circle of influence that I have in my life. I have literally been able to keep my mind because I've had people around me who I know, in fact, uh, no matter what has gone on in my life, who truly love me, and they demonstrated that. And so uh, in my life, when I look at, you know, what love is beyond all of the, you know, Valentine's ideation of love, Um, But love is a power. It is the power. It is a gift. um, And it is truly a keeper. And so when I think about love and and what it requires to love, you know, is something that I don't take lightly. So you saying, you know, that word, the first thing that did come to my mind is power. Awesome. Now I want to ask you a question about that, that that whole Mm -hmm definition or experience of love that that the way that you interpret it is that something Mm -hmm. from your personal experience or have you always had uh, a different mindset as it relates to love because a lot of times you ask individuals about love they're going to talk about the warm feelings that they feel they're going to talk about somebody that did something special to for them but you kind Mm -hmm. of made it as if you know taking ownership of it yourself and valuing Mm -hmm. it from that standpoint. Now, have you always had that approach with it? No, I haven't. Um, I I will say I believe that it's always been around me. You know, I was blessed uh, to mm-hmm. grow up, you know, in a very loving home. Um, I, you know, have a very loving family, um, and I, I believe that, you know, through my life I've, I've been able to live as a very loving person, but understanding um, that, that there was this 
power. There was this experience. There was this gift of love that was being uh, showered and exercised, you know, in my life really came through uh, surviving uh, traumas and disappointments and, um, you know, having to overcome Backs and uh, and 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 sadness and hurt um, and rejection and I think that um, through those things because oftentimes you know those are experiences that we go through that shape this mentality and shape this uh, programming in our mental psyche that tells us that we're unloved and there were that we're not worthy of love and I have been one to struggle um, with those sometimes those ideations or those mentalities in my life. But one day, um, and I believe, if I remember correctly, it was um, my pastor. This was about 2000, I want to say maybe 2005 or six or seven, somewhere along uh, those years where we were in a conversation. And he said to me that one of your greatest one of the greatest strengths of your ministry, one of the greatest strengths of your life will be in helping people to understand, you know, that God loves them and that he doesn't have an issue with them. And what I realize is, and even if you look at my uh, my book, and I know you have it, uh, the reason why I wrote the book is because it was for people who, uh, who have ever questioned, am I too much or not enough? And the truth is, because as popular as I am and as popular as I've always been, you know, in, in my life, even, you know, growing up in school, I was, uh, you know, best dressed boy, most popular boy, most friendliest, um, you know, all of those class favorites, I mean, all the way through um, graduation. But one, the truth of the matter is oftentimes I often felt when I was off by myself that I was too much or not enough. Mm. And so I think going through life battling, you know, that, but always being a person to want to be used and positioning myself in the lives of people uh, to let them know that there's nothing wrong with them. You know, um, it's okay to be different. And, and if you're different, you're just different. God made you different and that's okay. Um, you know, to, to help people to find the beauty in their difference, to help people to find the uniqueness in their voice, to help people even discover that they have a voice who didn't even understand that they had a voice. Um, and so, I think through those through those things, which really just became natural to me, just with my heart of hearts, I really understood that there's a ministry of love in that. There's a power that people experience called love in those moments and in, in that level of ministry that doesn't come, you know, by going to Bible study or going to going to choir rehearsal or all those other, you know, things that we uh, do, you know, out, out of our understanding that what is given to us as far as what ministry is, but just understanding on a basic life, you know, basic human level that every one of us has the capacity to love, also the capacity to receive love and deserves love, but just finding out how to minister and give that to people, but also being conscious of what it does, that's when I got to that place of understanding in my life when I realized that the reason I'm able to be used is not, you know, is not about anything other than I really truly do have a love for people and I have that. And also I've been able to receive that because not just people, but God has always had a love for me. Wow. Now, we're going to transition right from that to the next word, and the next word is ministry. I'll use technology again. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now you said something while you were talking. You said God doesn't have an issue with them, as in you know that's part of what your ministry is to help help individuals understand that God doesn't have an issue with them. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit because yeah. I um, I find that so many times in life that. And I know I've been there before where I felt as if God had an issue with me. And sometimes it seemed as if no matter how much individuals were trying to show me and tell me and, you know, instill in me that he doesn't have an issue with you, I had to fight hard to get past, you know, the ideology of he has an issue with me. So what approach do you take with individuals when, and I know that every case isn't the same, but what's an approach that you take with individuals that are struggling with the concept of God has an issue with me? Um, I think, well, I'll just say this. I, I understand that usually most people, they position their issue as if, it's an obstacle. Um, and so the thing that I found to be effective is I want to show a person that what you think is an issue is actually not in the way of anything. It's only in the way of you in your mind, but it's not in the way of people who you are destined and purpose for. Because usually when you compare it in terms of, the guidelines of purpose, you'll find that, you know, the old saying, those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. Um, usually, you know, where our issues are obstacles for us when we're trying to exercise, you know, well, I'll borrow from the words you gave, when we're trying to exercise a ministry or a purpose with people that we were not called to and people that we were not designed for. Mm-hmm. Well, now, Let's stay because I I, I got to go back to fashion and I got to go back to ministry too because you use the same word for both of them and when I hear technology <laughs> it's just it's ringing so much in my spirit mm-hmm. right now because of everything that we're going through and of course I do have to yeah. ask you this question concerning ministry I'm gonna slide that in right now uh, because mm-hmm. it seems to be this seems to be one of the major topics that I'm seeing as I'm scrolling through Facebook and scrolling through Instagram is the idea of uh, a lot of people being upset about not being able to physically mm. gather. Yes. Um, I want to I hit that just a little bit um, because to me when you talk about technology, sometimes I feel as if staying in the understanding of a physical gathering is mm-hmm. not advancing in technology. So I'm, I want you to, you know, talk about that, your your mindset concerning it, and then I also want you to tell us exactly why you use the word technology for ministry and for fashion. Okay. Um, that's a loaded question. Um, so I will, I will say this, um, and I understand the conversation that you've seen, and, I, and I'm very well, well aware of that. I actually shared something uh, a few days ago, or well, sometime early last week in reference to that. I won't repeat it here. Um, it's quite, it was quite a controversial <laughs> statement, <laughs> um, but it's the truth. I think that when it comes to the frustration that you're seeing a lot of people voice about not being able to gather. So in terms of, let's just say church, 
um, for those who go to church and that, you know, these churches and ministries are not allowed to have these gatherings and conferences and services and revivals. The truth of the matter, well, I won't say that. I'll ask a question. The question Mm -hmm. that I would ask is, the Bible tells us to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, right? I, I am mm-hmm. very big on fellowship. I am very, very big about get. I have brunches. I have, I mean, I have get-togethers all the time, and just for the sake of fellowship. And in this time, I really, really do miss that. Um, I'm not necessarily missing any church service because most of those are about something else other than just fellowship. So mm-hmm. when it comes to, again, going back to purpose, if if the purpose of it is for us to, you know, assemble ourselves together, to be able to worship together, to pray together, to do those things, then yes, then uh, for those who are connected to the original intent of what that is, then there is a great mm-hmm. void um, um, in this Absolutely. time. However, however... Um, If it is about, you know, me not being able to sustain um, because I don't really have Mm -hmm. anything else to focus on because I haven't put anything else in place um, as far as a business or or a workflow or an income flow. And so when people don't gather, then I can't pay my bills. Then that's a different frustration. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but in this time, we're seeing a lot of mixtures going on in these frustrations that are being expressed. And so I think we really have to really get down to the truth of of what the upset is that is on the table. Uh, So that's Mm -hmm. that's to answer that. Uh, And your other question about uh, why did I use the word technology uh, in terms of ministry and also um, fashion, because I tell people all the time, for me personally, I do know that my purpose, uh, my ministry is building people. Um, Now, Mm -hmm. I I was able to choose fashion as a technology to execute that. And there's many different ways that you can execute your purpose and your ministry um, or your career, um, because for some people, their career is their ministry. Um, They actually get to execute their purpose through that channel or that technology, if you will. So for me, uh, you know, I can say that fashion um, is my ministry, even though my ministry is multifaceted and I have different arenas and different you know, areas, um, which with, um, which with, I'm able to execute that, but, uh, you know, we can, we can borrow those words and, and interchange them there for me in that case. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that's the case with most everyone. Right. And I wanted you to explain that so that, so that the, uh, those who are listening could understand and uh, gain an understanding and realize, Oh, okay. That makes sense to me now because I want that's why I wanted you to explain that to them because I think that at the way that you explained it will help a lot of people understand that that's what I am doing. I just haven't been able to identify it as such in the way that he yeah. explained it to me. Yeah. Okay. And usually so now you hit the word in program. We've been, I was going to say, usually that's because we've been programmed mm-hmm. to think that ministry is standing up, you know, in a pool pit with a robe on and a Bible or 
standing out on the street corner or doing some revival or no, you know, and so we most people who have not been called to that, and that is a function of ministry. We do know there is the preaching of the gospel, um, but there is, you know, there's a ministry of helps, there's a ministry of music. I mean, there's so many other uh, ministries, and all ministries aren't in the four walls of the institutionalized church. And so, uh, you know, if you if you only limit that, then you cut out a lot of people when you know. Uh, even Jesus said, I have sheep that are not of this fold. So you cut out a lot of people and then basically told them and given them the mentality that they do not have a ministry because it does not look like yours. Mm. And I really feel like that, you know, this is why circumstances and situations like what we're going through now, to me, is a time for a lot of people's ministry to shine. Even though, you know, church may be shut down, it's like it's time for other people's ministries to shine. So that's why I, you know, I, it doesn't bother me, you know, the state that we're in. I hate this year of the deaths and all of those things Mm because 2020 has been, you know, quite an interesting journey, you know, these first Mm -hmm. three months. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, I look at it as it's an opportunity. Like, I, I think that sometimes we've, been, as you said, conditioned or trained to miss opportunities when they don't look like what we become accustomed to. So let's talk right now about the next word ties right into what you were saying, uh, and that word is purpose. It is a vehicle. Uh, Purpose Mm -hmm. is, is um, it is a channel, it is a leader, it is a guider, it is uh, a sustainer. Got you, okay. Now, because a lot of people ask this question, and I always mm-hmm. like to ask different coaches and, and, you know, influencers, how do you find or how do you discover your purpose? It's with you all the time. Um, and the thing is, most people spend their life looking outside of themselves uh, for things that are already in them. I say I, I do this exercise often when I um, when I uh, speak um, before, especially I love doing it before large audiences. Um, but I, I tell people, if I was to give you, and I'll ask you this question, and you may have heard me talk about this on Destiny Conversations, but if I was to give you an apple seed, and I told you to go outside and plant it, and you did, and you came back inside, and I was to ask you, what did you plant? What would you tell me you planted? I would say apple tree. And that's exactly what you planted. I knew your mind was going to get the question. Um, <laughs> but And that's, that's exactly what you planted because inherent in the seed of the tree is the tree itself. And I tell people all the time that you are just that seed, meaning that everything that you need, you were born with the fullness of the day that you came through the birth canal. The birth canal. You were born with everything. Thing that you would need to become whatever it is that you were spoken to be from the existence of time and that from before the existence of time, actually. Um, and since that is the case, then everything that you need to function, um, um, to, to prosper, uh, every resource that you need, it's going to come from within and not without. Mm-hmm. And okay, so now let me when play. you understand, uh-huh. 
I want you to finish that, but I want to play devil's advocate real quick. Well, if that's okay. the case, what do I need a coach for? What do I need a coach that's for? Good. What do I need a pastor for? What do I need a prophet for? What do I need all that for if it's already inside of me? Because sometimes you don't have the tools that it takes to help you dig in your treasure hunt. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, I tell people with with the book, let's just take uh, the book that I wrote, um, uh, uh, the Influence Workbook. I tell people all the time, Dr. Yeah. Betty John, that the, the book, there is nothing, I love when people get the book, but there is nothing that I'm going to give you in this book. The book is not designed to give you anything. The book is written in a way that it helps you to pull out everything that you're looking for that's already on the inside of you. And so it may feel like, and you may think because of the way that I'm able to do it, that I'm giving you something, but what you came into contact with and what you discovered was with you all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, and that is the experience that people have, you know, when going through the book. But this is the experience that people have just in conversation with me. This is the this is the experience yes. that that people are having, you know, when they're having these euro these euphoric moments and you know having these eureka moments. That's the word that I wanted to uh, mm-hmm. uh, say. But it's not about you know you being connected to something that was never there. You're actually being reconnected to what was with you all along because it's it's inside of you. For instance, your purpose is something that you've been doing all of your life. You may have just been not looking at it, you know, in the in the guidelines or in the eyesight or insight of purpose, but it usually by the time you discover it, you realize, man, I've been doing this all my life. <laughs> And it's just my innate ability to do it. It is my gift. It is my it is my power. It's second nature, you know, to me. Because usually when people go on their their you know hunt for purpose, you know, they're looking for something that's this big thing that exists outside of them that you know that they're going to be able to now embrace and put on or or get inside of and 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 or pursue that is now going to bring them you know these monumental results. But it's the thing that you've been doing all your your life. It's the thing that's mm-hmm. been speaking to you all your life. It's the thing that you just automatically get naturally turned on to do that nobody ever has to prompt you because it is literally in you and you possess it and it goes with you everywhere you go. It's always in your conversation. It's always in your mental roller day. But many times also we're comparing our purpose to, you know, the purpose of other people or the way that other people yeah. are executing their purpose or the magnitude that we think other people are executing their purpose. And so we think that, you know, because the, the, the things that we have, you know, they may seem so insignificant or they may seem like, you know, they're not great or they're not, uh, they're not anything grand or powerful or they're things that, you know, people don't really appreciate like that because, you know, we're comparing them based on how we see other people uh, engaging in theirs. And if we do that too much, we'll start to ignore our own. <laughs> so true. So true. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. So, so then how does one address uh, that they find themselves in that comparison state? Like they're comparing themselves to everybody. Like they they feel as if theirs mm-hmm. is so small. I was there before. You know, I was there. I felt yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, what I did wasn't even valuable compared to what everybody else did. How does one mm-hmm. begin to um, transition from that, that train of thought 
and they begin to embrace, you know, what it is they've been called and designed to do. Yeah, usually that is, uh, that's a complex, right? You know, the comparison mm-hmm. um, complex and, and all of us at, at some level, we all do it. I still do it. You know, to this day, I catch myself all the time because I'll do it really, really easily. I'll look at something, you know, someone is doing or someone, something someone is saying, you know, it can just be something small. Somebody can tweet something that ain't even that deep. And I'm like, I tweeted that, you know, Two weeks ago, and then nobody retweeted. You know what I'm saying? This one got 50 retweets. You know what I'm saying? Now, why did you? Yeah, I mean, you just, I mean, it's just in the little things. And then you all sit there and go through a whole conversation. Well, let me see who this person is. (laughs) But, uh, But we all do it. But I think, I think, you know, for me, I would say the truth is falling in love with what it is that you've been called mm-hmm. to do. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that that's something that we really have to understand, not just, you know, discovering your purpose, but also understanding that your purpose works greatest by love. And so when you fall in love with it and understand that it is something so unique uniquely given to you because nobody can do a lot of people out there doing what you do, but nobody can do what you do like the way that you do it because it has your divinely given thumbprint on it when you do it. And so, um, you know, I think that uh, I, I, we may desire, you know, sometimes for the different results. And I think that, you know, the comparison thing is often uh, driven by the results that we get when we are executing our purpose compared to what we see someone else getting. But understanding that your results are just as powerful. For instance, one of the things that I, um, I often share, you know, in, in what I do, um, uh, it's not it's not very glamorous in terms of you know my purpose and you know outside of the speaking engagements or being on these uh platforms or you know these radio shows or podcasts or things like that you know these are this is about as glamorous as it gets, but what I do is so intimate and one-on-one and it's so personal that I can't broadcast, you know, the testimonies and the things that uh, have been shared with me about uh, the effectiveness of my purpose in the lives of people. It would look real interesting if I started posting and sharing some of that stuff, you know. Um, so, you know, what I do, there's no awards or, you know, I'm not going to get any Grammys or, uh, you know, any, any you know, of these major accolades or award shows you know when what we do there's no there's no award show or platform you know to be showcased for that in terms of that um but at the end of the day every day i'm saving the lives of people i'm saving people from mental breakdowns i'm saving people you know from themselves i'm saving people from the elements you know in just a simple conversation you know what i'm saying um but i can't broadcast that or put that out there, but I know, you know, at the end of the day, I tell people I can sleep at night, you know, even my book, my book may not be a New York Times bestseller, but I know that before my book was a month old, it had already helped four people uh, off of the ledge from committing suicide. That right there, if nobody else got the book, just just the fact that four people are still walking in the earth today from reading a page in my book, listen, I, then the job is done, you know what I'm saying? Um, and the reward is there. And so I do understand, you know, that there are levels, you know, to uh, our ideas of success. And there are, um, you know, there are things that we desire and all of us, you know, want to be celebrated and appreciated, you know, but it comes the way it comes. And I 
think at the end of the day, understanding that I always want to be a pleaser of the one who gave me the purpose, the one who gave me the gift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if no, if nobody celebrates me, you know, down here, I am worthy. I, I, I have completed, uh, you know, my job when I, when I've done it for just one, and it's, it's saved just one person. It's affected and, and it's produced in the lives of just one person. And so, um, it is a daily, constant uh, reminder, you know, for me and I, and for me, that's what's helped me um, to not get so, you know, caught up in the comparison uh, complex that is there and all of us, again, have to deal with it. It's part of the human experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely get it. Um, I had to laugh, though, when you were talking about I po- I tweeted that two weeks ago. I've been so like, well, wait a minute. Are you mm-hmm. serious? Like, maybe I should just start giving them my tweets and having them tweet right. out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I've been there with that. Um, now I have yeah. one more um, word because um, we're still in the game. It just we've just been going off going off of the game, but. <laughs> This is good. I'm enjoying it. I'm telling you, I'm enjoying it. I am. Me too. The word that I want us to hit is conversation. And the, the reason why I want you to hit that con- that word conversation, because that's very important to me. And I uh, that was another reason why I wanted you on the show, too, because I look at you as a conversationalist, too. Like you said, you can sit and have a conversation with somebody, and mm-hmm. each time you have a conversation with them, it's like something goes off inside of them, and they're like, wait a minute. You know, this was... Yeah. I was missing this, but it was here the whole time. So what does yes. the word conversation mean to you? It is life. I'm telling you, for me, conversation is life. I get so thrilled. I get so fulfilled. I, um, Man, let me tell you something. I recharge in conversations. Let me tell you, I, I yes. literally do yes. not get tired of talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, conversations like this, I can go for hours and hours and hours and hours. I'm serious. I, I, it's, there's something about this kind of word exchange um, because, again, you know, our words do have power. Um, you know, our words, uh, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Um, but when we are talking about, you know, purpose and destiny and, um, and you know, leadership and lifestyle and, 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 and finding our purpose and cultivating our purpose and how can we be effective in the lives of, you know, each other and how can we each learn to be better versions of ourselves, all that. I mean, this kind of exchange here, like, the, the spirit that it creates, see, that's what you're, you're, you're experiencing. And just like, you know, what you said about, you know, every time we talk, you know, you leave feeling so empowered. And so, you know, there are not many mm-hmm. people who, who have this connection that when you talk to them, you leave encouraged and you leave empowered and you leave invigorated and you leave revived. But this is the kind of conversation that sustains my life. I'm telling you, man, like I have, I have very draining days. I have very draining moments. I have to go in some very draining atmospheres. But one thing that I understand is that there is life on the inside of me and that I have the ability to engage a conversation that brings life and shifts atmospheres. And I want to do that intentionally intentionally every day of my life because it's not just what I give, but it's also what I need. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. And I wanted you to share that too because there's so many people out there that, as you were talking earlier, don't even realize that they have a voice. And the reason, you know, many times they're not realizing they have a voice is because that is their superpower. 
once they realize yeah. they have a voice and how powerful that thing is, then, you yeah. know, they begin, you know, to change and shift atmospheres, you know, sometimes just by their very presence, by them showing up. Yeah. And then when they open up their mouth, it's just so powerful um, in it, that so much power in it that it, it just – it just is so attractive and draws. So that's why I yeah. want to know what your thoughts were on conversation. Now, I want to ask you a question. When did you mm-hmm. realize that there was power through your conversation? Um, I, you know, <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you go back, if you were to go to my mom and dad's house right now and go um, and look in these yearbooks or wherever that little folder is where my my parents have kept my report cards from when I was, um, you know, in grade school, you find that on every report card, <laughs> I laugh at myself, every report card, it, I got uh, excessive talking. Um, I have always, <laughs> always, always, always talked. Uh, but it's not so much about, you know, me just talking. I've always had something to say. Um, and mm-hmm. I and I really am grateful for having parents that understood that in me and allowed me to develop my voice and, and taught me how to speak and how to express myself and gave me space and room to express what it was that I was feeling or hearing or saying, I, I really am grateful that they didn't shut that down in me and that even, you know, uh, my teachers who, you know, said that I was excessive in talking, that, you know, their comments or their remarks, you know, that it didn't damage uh, that in me and shut me down from using my voice because it is literally, you know, my ministry and my gift today. Um, and so even that could have created a complex, but I think I'm really grateful to God that my parents were um, sensitive in that and understood that, but I was say this to you. Um, I think that I started to understand that when I realized that I've had uh, from a young child, I've had the ability to gather people together and people would not People would listen to what I had to say. I was, I've always been able to gather people together uh, for a cause. And I mean, just from whether it was organizing, you know, events or uh, uh, I even had a, um, uh, when I was in high school, I started this community choir uh, with it at my school that started just as a music workshop. And then um, we did this concert and, and everybody just wanted to stay together. And I, I had that group for a few years, but it was over 150 voices strong. Um, you know, with and kids who didn't even go to church, but they would come. They would come to choir rehearsal and they would sing for me. But they wouldn't even get up and go to church on Sunday unless we had a gig or something like that. But um, I've just always been able to gather people together. And I think when I understood, uh, when I understood that you could say something that would change the lives of people, or you would, you could say something that people would never forget that came from you, I think that's when it shifted my perspective in understanding that this voice, there was another power in it that I really needed to take time to make sure that I respected and honored uh, this gift um, so that I wasn't just out here just running my mouth, but I actually was talking and that what I was saying was an actual conversation and not just talking, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. So now, as we're transitioning from the game, I want to hit something, um, you know, that I see as I'm 
as your uh, mission statement or I saw it on your website and it just continues mm-hmm. to stick with me every time that I see it, uh, building people for global influence. And I think what yeah. stands out to me the most about that is, is that it's the people that are like the essential part of it to me. Uh, you didn't say Absolutely. building global influence for people. You said building people mm-hmm. for global influence. And I think sometimes people have been brushed to the side as it relates to ministry, as it relates yes. to business, as it relates to life. Yes. So yes. how do you co- continuously make people the, you know, the focal point or the nucleus of what you are building? You know, the truth is, if I if I let myself disconnect from that, um, I probably would die out. Um, because mm-hmm. remember, it is also your purpose is the only thing that can also sustain you. See, when you talk about being fulfilled, you I don't care what job you're working on. You can be making, you know, six figure, you know, a year uh, income. But if you are doing that and you're disengaged from purpose, no matter no matter the money, you're still going to be unhappy. Um, because purpose right. is the only thing that can fulfill you. And so for me, you know, and what I do, it can easily, <laughs> I mean, the industry that I'm uh, connected to, it can easily be very superficial. And I mean, it's about, you know, it's about stuff and things that honestly, you know, we really don't need any more of. That's another conversation. But I'm just saying, you know, when, I mean, we don't really need any more shoes and bags and clothes and jewelry and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, we have enough to last a lifetime. But the truth is behind every bag, behind every brand, behind every concept, behind every idea, no matter what industry it is, no matter what business it is, no matter what corporation or company is, it is all about people. A person came up with it. A person thought it. A person designed it. A person uh, 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 did the text for it. I mean, it all is about people. And I found that uh, just being connected to that as I, as I navigated my career, you know, even just in what I do, the way that I do it, I found that I just, it wasn't always just about what I was able to do. And most times people didn't even really hire me for what I was able to do. People would, you know, sign contracts for me to do things, but then they would pay me, but get somebody else to do them. They just wanted to talk to me. And so I understood that, oh, because this really still is about my voice. This really still is not about, you know, me doing what I'm able to do or even what I've been educated to do. You just need my voice to be connected to you. And so you hired me for the voice and not necessarily the skill. <laughs> mm. So now what would you say to the speakers? I, I'm in some uh, speaker groups and I see a lot of them now are kind of going into, you know, a state of panic because um, that has been their main source of income, the public speaking yes. and their voice. That's what they use, you know, as far as it relates to their purpose. What would you say to those right now that, that uh, this is kind of hit hard? You know, the engagements are canceled, yeah. and with the engagements mm-hmm. canceled, now the finances have been, you know, a little mm-hmm. disrupted, which means, you know, it causes a residual effect with them. What is something that you yeah. would encourage them, uh, or what would you say to them in this time? Well, the same thing I've been saying to everyone is it's definitely not a time to shake. It's just a time to shift. Um, you know, every industry is being disrupted. Every, I mean, there we are really, really experiencing a culture shift. 
and that is okay. Um, and so what it's going to take now is people are going to have to go back and they're going to have to now uh, get in a place of, of strategy and, and use wisdom on how they're going to uh, reposition or re, re uh package uh, some of it, some of what they do, and some people are going to have to change altogether and start back from the drawing board. But that's what happens when a shift uh, takes place because there's no time that you can prepare for it. A shift just happens. And so that's what we've experienced. And so um, I think that especially for those who are creative, uh, this is a time to really, really experience a, a, a wonderful refreshing. It is a time to really get, you know, with yourself and figure out, okay, because at the end of the day, you know, if this is truly your profession and you have established yourself as an expertise, trust me, your voice is still going to be needed. The audience is not going anywhere. It's not. It's not that you know. There's no. There's not going to be a need for voices anymore. It's just how are people seeking out those voices, and then how are you reaching your audience? You know, um, just because the platform dies, you know, did, did your voice die out? Like, did you? I mean, you know, the voice. The voice is still there. You know, the the mind is still there. The 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 wisdom and the keys and and all of that that's in you, it is still there. And so that's why I teach people that you know. If what you are going to build, you must now become because of the fact that you always have to be in a place that what you have built, you built it from the from the inside out, meaning that it came from yeah. whatever you're building and whatever you erected, that it came from inside of you so that when everything outside of you, if it shifts or changes, or even if it's a crumble and fall, you can go back inside and build again. And so it is not a time, um, you know, to die out. It is just a time to get smart, to get strategic, you know, to talk amongst yourselves, to talk with other people and figure out how can we re-engage in this shift because that is exactly what it is. And no, you know, some, some of these gatherings may not be taking place the same. So, you know, if you haven't been a person who has embraced, you know, what you're doing, radio shows and podcasts and, you know, video equipment and doing, you know, all of these broadcasts and figuring out how to monetize them, and all that, well, you might have to do that. And, and you know, it's going to also shift the way that people compete in the market, but that's what happens when there's an upset and there's a cultural shift, things move, and you have to figure out where they're going and how you can go with them or get in front of them. And it, it's amazing what you said because I, I fought doing a radio show and a podcast. I fought it for years. I fought doing Facebook Lives and all of that because, you know, just I had some personal things within myself that I was fighting with. Mm -hmm. But I really didn't see the need of it at the time. And yeah. now here we are now, and I'm like, I get it now. I get it was good that I learned to shift. It was good that I learned mm -hmm. to transition because I was a person, I love face-to-face -face encounters. It's just something about a face-to-face -face yeah. encounter that I love. I yeah. love a live audience. I hated right. standing, sitting behind the microphone and the camera. It was like, yeah, so, yeah, I remember the first yeah. time I did it, it was like so wild to me. Like, and you would think, well, wait, you should do that with a crowd. But I love the crowd. But I had mm -hmm. to learn how to transition to understand, you know, it's bigger than just a live crowd. And now, you know, with everything we're going through, I'm like, wow, I'm grateful that I was willing, you know, to transition. And that's been my encouragement to everyone as well. It's like you just got yeah. to still, like you said, it's still there, built from within. And as you yeah. were talking, I had to laugh because I remember one day waking up and having a conversation with myself. I always have conversations with myself. I call them um, team mm -hmm. meetings. 
But I was uh, telling uh, myself, <laughs> <laughs> you're your worst client. Yeah. And I had to realize, like, for real, like, whoa, I'm my worst client. I had to begin to work on the fact that I was, you know, being my worst client at that time. And it's like you said, build from within. And as long as you mm-hmm. build from within, then if it breaks down, you can build that thing back up. So yeah, now, yeah, okay, yeah. let's talk about the book, all right? Yes. Let's talk about the book because, actually, if, if you're out there and, you know, you're struggling with what exactly you should be doing right now or you feel as if there's stagnation in your creativity, this book will be a great opportunity for you to read while you're quarantined in right now. So let's talk about the book. The Influence Workbook, Trajectify Your Life. That term, Trajectify Your Life, let's, can you break that down for us? <laughs> yes, so the purpose of the book, I love it. I, I just laugh when you ask questions. Um, but you have to, you have to take your life and put it in a flow. You have will find your flow and then put your life in the flow that you find. Um, and that is basically what the purpose of the book is for. Because uh, I believe that. All of our destinies and, and, and all of our purposes, which were spoken before we ever got here, which were designed and laid out before we ever got here, um, you know, it's, it's, it's here waiting on us. And what we are looking for, it's already looking for us. Whatever your it is, it, that's, what it, that's what it is. And so uh, the purpose of the book is for you to get in position so that you can navigate this journey, going back to what I said earlier, we call life yes. with intention. And when you yes. do that, then you are on a trajectory to manifesting a destiny that is fulfilling of yourself and other people. Knows who you've been called to. Awesome, awesome. Now, who should purchase the book? Who who should invest in this book? You know, the book is for everyone, all ages, anyone. But I find that uh, it it really does speak to people who are visionaries, leaders. Uh, creative entrepreneurs, um, you know, and most people, it's interesting, uh, find the book. Uh, some people have used it to start things. Some people have used it to just figure out, you know, where to get started all out, uh, you know, having never gotten started before in whatever their uh, their new trajectory or whatever their business or creative idea is or anything. I mean, some people are just starting from a green slate. But the things that uh, I found most interesting about uh, the demographics that I found more interesting uh, for me personally personally has been the people who have been doing what they've been doing for years and have just run into a brick wall um, to realize that, you know, this really doesn't work anymore. You know, uh, it's not prospering me. It's not really prospering people. And I feel like I'm running on fumes and I need a reset. I need a refreshing. I need, I need basically to take myself through a makeover moment um, because I still love what I do, but it's just not as effective as it was uh, in the beginning because I understand that there has now been a shift that is taking place and I need to figure out where I'm going to get in the shift and where I'm going to position myself in the shift. And so I really get excited when I find out people are using the book in that place. Sometimes that can be a more difficult place for people to begin, but uh, for those who endure the process, it is incredible. Um, And the results that they've been sharing with me have just been phenomenal. All right. Now, what sets the influence workbook apart from other books that are that I think, may cover some of the oh, same subjects. 
let me tell you, let me tell you, because it is just that it is a workbook. It's not a book that you read yeah. and then you just, yeah. you just, you know, I give you some good, you know, keys and you're like, man, this is good and feeling motivated. No, you have to get involved in this because again, what you need is already on the inside of you. So it is about you engaging your shift. I am just the leader. I am just that it is literally a coaching handbook. I am just the coach and, and I am there. And if you need to reach out and, you know, have any deep sessions, I'm, I'm tangible, I am accessible, but really you can take this book and most people, you know, most people want to say, you know, come to me with things uh, back and they'll say, you know, I just need to sit down and have a conversation with you. And I'm like, I don't need to talk to you. Have you read my book? And I'm talking, especially people who I know have the book and yeah. you haven't started it. We don't need to talk. You need to get the book. And and if because everything yeah. I will sit down and tell you is already in the book. So just do the book and then I'll talk you through it, but just get the book. <laughs> And that's what I wanted you to hit. I knew you were going to hit it because a lot of bo- a lot of times I know um, in some of the phases and, and stages of life I've been in, and some of the people I've mentored have been in, it's like they want it's you want the easiest thing sometimes, and the easiest thing is that I read it and it gives me the solution and it does all the work for me. But what I loved uh-huh. about your book was it's a workbook. You got to put something into that thing, and yeah, what you put yeah. into it you know, it, it's going to determine what you get from it. So, and, and yeah. that's what life, that's what purpose, that's what vision, that's what everything. So that was what, what I definitely loved about the book. Now, can you tell people where they can get the book? I don't want you to give your inf- all your information yet because we're going to do that at the end, but I do want you to tell them where they can purchase the book. Yeah, the book is available worldwide on Amazon. Um, if you just go to Amazon.com and type in uh, the Influence Workbook, um, it'll it'll come right up. Uh, it's black and white. And um, uh, also, if you go to TrajectifyYourLife.com, uh, it has its own website. And of course, they can get to get to it from my website as well. But it is on Amazon. Okay. So now mm-hmm. my question would be. What inspires you or what keeps you going? You know, when you talked about how sometimes you go into some spaces that can be very draining, um, you have some days that are like that as well. What what keeps you going? What What is the driving force behind everything that you do? People. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I... I I really, you know, every day there is something. People ask me, you know, well, what gets you up, you know, every day? Um, you know, I, I I really wake up excited about, you know, conversations. I get I get excited about, you know, phone calls I'm I'm gonna have or you know I know meetings that people have scared have scheduled with me or um, I mean it's always it's always around people understanding that, you know, every day is an opportunity for my purpose to be engaged, which is my existence, you know, for being here on the earth beyond all the wonderful experiences that, you know, that are here for us to enjoy and have, that I I live a life where I am so deeply uh, and intimately connected with my purpose and I'm able to engage it every day. I mean, honestly, it is a different perspective on living. It really is. And I and I'm just excited about that. I, I'm excited about, you know, uh Wednesday mornings, you know, getting getting on the prayer line on Wednesday mornings with a with a group of people who I never know who's gonna be on. But the fact that uh, you know, people have trusted my voice to, you know, to lead them in prayer, um, you know, on a weekly basis. That that's powerful to me. Um, you know, I I really do get excited to be used. I really do. 
not manipulated, not abused, but used mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> Absolutely. I definitely understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. Now, yeah. what's next up for Elliot? What's, what, what are you working on? Uh, I'm not want you to you know, go in details, but what are you mm-hmm. working on right now? Well, I really do want to do um, another book. Uh, and I have okay. I I I am working on it, but it won't. Be, it's not going to be anything that uh, it probably won't come out this year, but maybe next year. It's going to take some time. It's going to be a deeper a deeper dive into uh, into some things that the influence workbook has brought out, and also a more personal uh, reflection uh, on my own life. Um, you know, up until this point, but um, I'm really excited about that. I definitely want to uh, get back to, as you know, at one time I was doing the influence architect uh, boot camps, and I have not done uh, those since 2017. And I really, really uh, do want to get back um, to doing them. Life is a little different in New York and, and uh, much more demanding of me. So I have to work out my time a little differently, but I am excited that uh, hopefully in uh, 2021 that uh, we will be able to bring the Influence uh, Architect Bootcamp back to uh, a live experience uh, for anyone who is interested, for all of my architects out there. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, also, let's talk about, and we're actually off the air. We talked that stuff off the air. But okay. as I said, everything that we talk about now will be available on the podcast edition of yeah. the radio show. So um, Destiny Conversations, the TV show, mm-hmm. you know, that I just see going all around the world. Um, yes. Let's talk about how you came up with the concept, uh, how you began it, your journey through it, and what's next for that as well. Oh, man. Interestingly, I – that that time, um, you know, honestly, for me to really get into Destiny Conversations, I, I really do want to do an addition where I bring back uh, the people who I was talking to at the time when God gave me to do that um, in the area that I was in, in Charleston, South Carolina, because there were such strategic significant happenings going on um, in the lives of people around me and also in my life. And I started Disney Conversations because, um, well, first of all, I had no idea that it would develop into what it developed in. I will say that, number one. Number two, um, you know, my, my brand manager and business partner, Michael Weston, he's the one who made me get online and start uh, these conversations because at that time, my phone would ring consistently every day with people calling with problems or, you know, needing solutions to this or needing solutions to that. And I'm talking about especially ministry leaders. This was a, this was one of the greatest times in my life where I was having to minister to ministry leaders who many were dealing with um, mental issues and um, depression and, uh, you know, feeling like they were just going to give up and all of this. And I mean, for a season of my life, uh, Dr. Petty John, I literally ministered to people on Saturday, to leaders on Saturday uh, evenings, and they would get up and minister to their churches what I was giving them on Saturday evenings because they were going through seasons where they didn't even have what it took to even minister or hear a word. Mm-hmm. And so uh, during that time, 
I realized that, but the things, the conversations I was having with the ministry people were still coming up in business and were coming up with my clients and were coming up. I mean, they were just coming up everywhere. And I said, now, wait a minute. Now, these these conversations really are not about anything personal with these. These are just destiny conversations. Like these are conversations that you have to have on your way to destiny when you start encountering these upsets and setbacks and all of this stuff. Because you know, just across the across the body at large, people who were in pursuit were were feeling attacked, were feeling like you know they didn't have what it took. You know, they were dealing with thoughts of giving up and doubt and all of that. And I said, okay, I got to get online and encourage the people because I honestly got to a place where I got tired of having the same conversation over and over. And I said, I need to get all these people together in one place and have this conversation with them. And so that is really mm-hmm. what, uh, at the time I was, you know, I had been, you know, of course, Michael would hear me venting all the time or having these conversations. And, and he literally said to me, you got to go online. You got to, you got to do uh, Facebook live or Insta. I don't even, I think I did Instagram uh, the first time that I, that I went live and um, you know, only went online and I said I was going to talk for maybe about 10 minutes. I said I wasn't going to talk long and ended up being online for a whole hour. And I, when I looked at the, you know, the little uh, screen and it tells you how many people on there, there were hundreds of people that were, that had been online listening to me talk for a whole hour. And I said, now, wait a minute. I said, y'all are still here. And, you know, people were writing back and saying, yeah. And I said, well, if I got back on and did this again, would y'all tune in? And they said, yes. And I said, okay. So I, I plan to come back on the next night and, and finish what I started because I, I had talked for an hour, but I didn't finish. And I said, even though I only had 10 minutes, remember? Um, so then I said, um, <laughs> I got to figure out a way because the conversation at that time on, on Instagram, you couldn't, um, you couldn't archive, you know, uh, the recordings or, you know, if you went live, it just, when you were done, it was just done. And so, uh, but you were able to download it. So I said, well, I got to figure out a way to be able to put this up so people can see it that missed it. So that's when we switched over to Facebook. And so I let the people know that from now on, um, you know, I'll be back on there again. Uh, and so one night, one night that was supposed to be 10 minutes turned into, you know, a whole week where I was online, you know, a whole week straight, Monday through Friday uh, for, at 10 p.m. and talked for a whole hour every night. And so at that point, I realized, okay, God, you know, I embrace this. There's something here and I need to do this. These people are hungry. These people are dedicated. I mean, they, they met me. You were one of them, you know, met me every night. And I said, I need to uh, continue this. And so it just became, I mean, I, I didn't know, you know, Destiny all of that it just it just it just was downloaded i mean i didn't have a plan for any of that at all matter of fact i really didn't even want to do it i mean if, if michael hadn't been you know so uh forceful and kept and he just kept bringing it up all day long and i was like okay lord if he bring it up one more time then i'll i'll just do it but i really was like i'm gonna just do it just so he can shut up but i really had no idea that it would turn into being you know what it was but i was sensitive to the people <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and a conversation so, um, for another time too. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm gonna let you finish. I just wanted to hit real uh-huh. quick. That's a conversation uh-huh. for another time too, for making sure you have people in your life that are push you where you oh, need to go, man. even if it gets on your nerves. <laughs> let <laughs> you me know, tell really, you, and again, and well, you you know, I mean, you know what it takes. I mean, even just to do this radio show, to do your podcast, I mean, right. it is work, you know, and we. 
We, I mean, to do it every day, Monday through Friday, um, to go live and to also, you know, after after having a whole day of, you know, just life and dealing with what you deal with and all of that and to have something, you know, to have spent time in prayer and to, you know, hear from God and then to be able to sit and, and have these conversations, you know, on online and, and speak into people's lives. I mean, that's, that's nothing, you know, to be taken lightly at all, nothing I ever, you know, play with or any of that that's very serious to me, um, but to be for God to continue to give me something fresh every every night um, to sit there and do that. I mean, it was a lot, but it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And I'm telling you, just as you said, you all became and even still are one of the greatest pushes in my life. I mean, that 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 core group, you know, because, you know, there, there are many architects all over the world, but there's this core group, um, you know, those who were with me from the beginning, even still to this day, which is why, you know, I'm not able to come on live um, as much often as I, I want to, but I'm going to uh, definitely, I've been praying about that and when I can sit down to make that make that happen more often, but I really, really, really have to tell you that you all were such and have been one of my greatest pushes when I when I'm just unsure I'm able to to borrow faith from you all when I've been unsure if things will work even for me. I mean, even just the demand that the audience put on to have the boot camp and to gather in person, you know, that wasn't something that I came up with. You know, the the architects started saying, hey, we need to, we want to get together in person. You should put something together, put together a weekend where we can come together. And that's how the, uh, the Influence Architect Boot Camp came about, you know. So I have always been a person, I say as a speaker, you have to listen twice as much as you speak. And I've always been a person who, even though God has put position me as a voice, and I know that I have something to say, that he's also given me a voice, two voices, and I'm mindful that the people who have been called to me are also voices themselves, and so I also get an opportunity to listen to them and to be ministered to by their gift as well. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree with everything you said concerning that. That that Destiny Conversations was so powerful, and you can still listen to that. And what I want you to do before we get to these last three questions, I want you to mm-hmm. give everybody uh, your social media handles, your website, how they can connect with you, all of those things, and even how they can hear uh, those uh, broadcasts from Destiny Conversations. So I'm going to turn it yes. to ask for you to do that. Thank you. Um, well, my social media, my Instagram and my Twitter is just at Elliot Carlisle. Uh, that's E-L-L-I-O-T, one T, two L. Uh, Carlisle, C-A-R-L-Y-L-E. That's at Elliot Carlisle, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, uh, my page is facebook.com slash I am Elliot Carlisle. Uh, and then also my website is www.elliotcarlisle.net. That's dot net dot com uh, and on the website you can also uh, get the book and then also there's a tab uh, there that uh, says show and you're able to go back and look at um, many of the archive destiny conversations that are still there and some of them are also on uh, Facebook if you feel like doing a deep search and going through uh, my videos on Facebook you can find many of them but the easiest way is to view them right there on my website Awesome, awesome. So now I have three questions that I ask everybody at the end of every show. Um, The first question is, you hit us with a lot tonight. I'm telling you, it was, you hit us with a lot. So if people were to forget everything that you said tonight, 
what is one thing you want them to remember from this conversation? That everything that you are looking for is already looking for you. And everything that you need to position yourself to get what you're looking for is already on the inside of you. Yeah, okay. Then number two, uh, on our show, we like to recognize what we call transforming transformers. Now, transforming transformers are simply mentors and those who have been the behind-the-scenes support system to us to make sure that everything that we bring out in the forefront looks good, you know, it sounds good. We're there. They're just there pushing us. Would you mm-hmm. like to recognize at least three transforming transformers in your life? Oh, my gosh, yes, absolutely. And, and three came to mind. Well, I'm actually going to couple one because it's my parents. Uh, okay. My parents, uh, Eli and Rosetta, so, uh, who really are everything uh, for me, gave me the foundation and the opportunity to be who I am today. And then the second one will be uh, my spiritual father and, and, and pastor, mm-hmm. um, Prophet Alvin Emmanuel Smith uh, of Sunlight Covenant Church in Crestview, Florida. That is uh, definitely, he has been uh, one of the greatest influential voices in my life. And I would have to say uh, the third person um, is uh, my business partner, brand manager, uh, partner, uh, uh, confidant, friend. Um, I mean, he is just he is just all of those things brand manager uh michael weston who um is the one who came into my life and really everything that you've seen from destiny conversations to elliot carlisle the brand the voice to the influence workbook i mean he has been the brains behind it all god has given me the vision he's given me the download um but as far as the content and the way it's packaged and uh the visuals that you all see he has been the orchestrator and the architect of it all uh, he's an incredible brand manager and, and i really do uh thank god for him he's uh, he's the one who i've been able to bounce almost every you know creative idea off that I uh, that I think is crazy or you know out of the box and some things that have come to me that I get excited about but I really don't have the faith to do them <laughs> but, but I bring it to him anyway and then he's like yeah you can do it this is how you're gonna do it and I'm like oh I can't you really think so but no you um, you really 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 don't don't find you know partnerships uh, like this and you know uh, one of the things that uh, Pastor Smith who uh, is his covering is well um, said, you know, you guys, you have to just understand what God has done in, in bringing you two together as an apostolic prophetic team. Um, and you understand mm-hmm. that, of course, uh, better better than I can even uh, explain it to you. But uh, what God has done, you know, in bringing us together uh, in, in the way that we're able to flow uh, and minister and, and do business and, and build people and, 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 and create opportunities and create wealth and uh, and help other people create theirs. It's just, it's just amazing. And you know, every day is a trip and an experience. But I really do um, thank God that one of the things that He did when, uh, when He showed up and said that He even wanted to help. Uh, with my brand uh, was that, you know, he challenged me. Um, he challenged me to think differently, uh, to operate differently. Um, you know, it was a real shift when he showed up, you know, to now get to a place where I had worked the, uh, and built 
myself to a place where I needed, you know, uh, another hand uh, with with my brand, and that was a blessing. But uh, as I said to everyone on here earlier with the question that you asked me about, you know, what to do now, you know, I have also had to experience my own shifts and embrace my own shifts and allow myself to have time to sit down and rethink and refresh and renew and re-ideate and all of that. I mean, I know what it is, and, and I've had to do it, and especially that's that's one of the things that um that uh that working with michael you know has has done and 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 it keeps me on my toes you know even as it pertains to me so i'm very grateful uh for that awesome 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 yeah. and here's the last question and i end mm-hmm. every interview with this question because i love to hear everyone's uh interpretation from this question and that question mm-hmm. is who is god to you Oh, he is everything. Um, but I will tell you that the in this place in my life, I call God a friend. <laughs> um, and I, I really, really think that as we allow ourselves to grow in our relationship, um, the more intimate that we get with him and the more we allow him to be intimate with us, the closer that he gets to us and the closer that we get to him. And I know that sounds very simple, but what I mean by that is, and you understand this, you know, when you usually, you know, by the Christian experience, uh, we we look at God as this big, 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 huge entity that's just so far off from us. You know, he's way off in the sky somewhere. You know, he sits high and he looks low and he's mighty and he's, all, you know, we hear all this stuff and, you know, we shout about it, we we praise about it, we read about it, the Bible describes him this way. You know, we, we, we honor him with all of these words and these accolades and stuff, but I think that sometimes, you know, in all of that, um, we we don't understand the closeness of God um, and we don't allow ourselves to embrace the closeness of him like he's right here he can we can talk to him um he wants to hear from us he likes to hear he likes to hear from us he likes to talk to us uh, you know just as much as we like to spend time with our homie our home girl you know and 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 shoot the breeze and and kick it with the with the cool kids like i mean that's how god desires to spend time with us and and to deal with us and i you know and i think that takes you know time in developing your relationship but i really really have that this point realize wow like God is my friend <laughs> and I'm and I'm able to approach him as a friend, um, not through perfection, um, not through uh uh worthiness many times, not through cleanliness, not through um right standing, but just through relationship. <laughs> and I always like to end with that question because in all the guests that I've had on in this well now over a year Nobody has given the same answer, and that's what I love because it shows just how awesome God is. Oh, yeah. And it also shows that no matter how long we've been in relationship with him, there are dimensions of him that we've yet to be introduced to that when we are introduced to, you know, will continue to transform our lives. That's why I always, and I love asking that question on this show because I've had adult film stars to yeah. Buddhist to, you know, those yeah. who have hold a Christian value to those who, you know, have decided, you know, we, I don't believe in anything right now. But everybody's yeah. answer 
what's different, but when you tie it all in together, it just helps you understand even the more, not just who God is, but who mm-hmm. we all are as well as God's that's creation. So that's, that's why I just love that's to end it. the show with that. So again, yeah. Elliot, thank yeah. you for joining us on tonight. Thank you for your My willingness pleasure. to be open with our audience. Listen, y'all, thank you all for listening. If there was no you, there'd be no purpose for us recording because we just keep talking to ourselves. So I appreciate (laughs) each and every one of you. I encourage you, connect with Elliot on his social media, purchase the book, find out everything he has going on, and be sure to support. Our next show is this Sunday. Derek Gordon is back with part two of his story. If you haven't heard part one, make sure you hit the www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transform, the number four, Mason Radio. Now, if that's too much for you, just go to the website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com, and you'll see a tab there for that, all right? So, again, as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Be blessed.